that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola with my partner in crime, the notorious P.O.B., the Italian American Wikipedia himself, Mr. Patrick O'Boyle. We are back after a week's break. We took a little bit of pause for the beginning of the Lenten season with Ash Wednesday. And why don't we tell the truth? We had nothing in the can. Well, I did get sick. I did get really sick. I mean, we got Sammy. A lot of stuff goes wrong, but yeah, because people are like, why are they taking off for Lent? You know, we <laughs> well, we didn't give ourselves up. We had nothing in the can. John was sick. Yeah, I was. I, I had a very, very bad cold. Yeah, I think I still sound pretty stuffy. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent either. Yeah, everybody's been sick. You know what I learned about colds or about coughs? Because I'm very like I don't gotta take the medicine. The sooner you take the medicine with a cough, the better you get. Yeah. So I'm not a medicine person, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I take the cough medicine right away, and I think it works. But you know what I found bizarre about cough medicine? They don't like so it's it's I guess it's Robitussin the bottles they give you the little like sippy cups to take the medicine, yeah. yeah. And they're in increments of twenty milliliters, right? But the last cup is only ten milliliters, so you get a half a dose. So what are you supposed to do? I open a new bottle. I don't. I, I, why wouldn't you uh, just put an exact amount of doses in there? A great question. That's a Mariul mentality. Now I got to open a whole new bottle. That's like why the hot dogs come in packs of six and buns come in packs of eight or whatever it is. That's I never like, thought of that. Yeah. These are like the great mysteries of the universe that no Everywhere is. they're out to get you. This is why the Italians just serve Italian hot dogs. You don't need the buns. That's true. Do you know we should have an Italian hot dog? I mean, people write it off. You know, the, the same people that give real grief. That's just not. It's not an Italian. It's an Italian-American product. It's a New Jersey Italian-American product. It's really, even more so, John, it's a Union Elizabeth Newark Italian-American product. You don't think Italian-Americans across New Jersey have it? I think that it's it's a, I, as they would say in Italian, a identity dish, a plate of identity of the Newark, I would say even the Belleville, Newark, Elizabeth Union area. It was, it was not a Jersey City identity dish. I knew about it because my grandfather worked in Union for a while. And, you know, they have a special bread. I, that's my, you know, how I got on these, like, um, these, I get afisada with things. And yeah. I just like, study it till like, because I'm yeah. a sick person. This is what I do. New Jersey has a bread called pizza bread, which is on the endangered species list. Pizza bread is like a round loaf of Italian bread with a hole in the middle. Yeah. Even though Newark's identity, Newark's Italian identity is Erpina, right? That's the most dominant. It's not everybody, but it's the most dominant. Erpina and Avellino. That is a typical sort of bread. That was also made in the Cilento and that was used for sandwiches. Though I've never seen it there. I've only read about it online. You know, it's funny. This is like the stuff that I that I nerd out over is like regional Italian-American specialties, you know, like in St. Louis when they deep fry ravioli or in uh, Memphis when I went down to the Italian community in Memphis, which is so much bigger than people expect. And they have a uh, wilted uh, stewed greens with parmigiano and garlic. And that's like everybody eats it as a side dish instead of. Broccoli rab or, you know, uh, scarola. It's, it's like local greens, I guess. I go crazy for this stuff. The, the you know, Chopino in San Francisco, the things that you really only get from local Italian communities. And it, it speaks to the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is two places that have very unique and different and substantial Italian communities and the only two states in the United States that have official statewide representation 
in the actual organs of government. And so I'm, I'm really excited about this. And of course, it's no coincidence that the two gentlemen that we're going to bring on are friends of ours, men that we've worked with uh, throughout the Italian community. And of course, one of them represents the Italian community in the great garden state of New Jersey, because it is, I guess, right, Pat, it is the the most, how, how do you judge it the most Italian state? I guess Rhode Island is per capita. New Jersey has the most Italian, something like that. Um, It's an incredibly Italian state. I think New York has more per capita. And yeah. Rhode Island has more percentage-wise. Oh, is that what it is? But I think culturally, it's kind of, I think there's a special, I mean, if we wanted to do a 10-part series, I would go into it. Yeah. But I think culturally, well, I think Rhode Island is extremely culturally Italian. It's just that Rhode Island is a very small state. Yeah. And it's kind of tucked away in New England, where New Jersey, um, right now I'm seven miles from Manhattan where I sit. So New Jersey was fortunate enough. Because, I mean, if you had drawn the borders differently, New Jersey really should belong to New York. And yeah, South Jersey. A, I mean, you could you could annex us. Either side could annex. We could be like um split between New York and Pennsylvania. Sure, because I mean we're culturally North Jersey's culturally much closer to New York. Well, what about Delaware? You you spent a lot of time working in Delaware. I spent an extreme amount of Delaware. Um, I think Delaware is very unique. I think the misconception everyone has is that Delaware is an appendage to Philadelphia or to Pennsylvania the way New Jersey is to New York. I actually think that Delaware is more distinct culturally in a lot of ways from that area of Pennsylvania than New Jersey is from New York. Wilmington is kind of its own. But then again, northern Delaware is very different than southern Delaware. Well, we got two gentlemen on today who are going to be able to give us a very, very unique look into the Italian communities in both of those great states. So it's a pleasure for me to introduce two of our pals. First of all, from the New Jersey Italian Heritage Commission, he is the chairman of that body, our friend Robert DiBiase. And from the Delaware Commission on Italian Heritage and Culture, our friend Rick DiLiberto, both chairmen of their respective bodies and uh, men who have done a lot over the course of their careers for the Italian-American community. So, gentlemen, welcome to the Italian-American podcast. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Great to be here. And the two things I hope uh, we could get to today is the fact that they sit uniquely in the fact that they are parts of state government-sponsored Italian institutions. And I think that's that's really why I thought it was so important to have them on, because I don't know any two other men who sit in such a unique position. Why don't you guys tell us what your two entities do, how you're related to the, the states you represent, and what your organizations actually do? Sure. It's... Uh... Rick DiLiberto, and I'd be happy to tell you a little bit more about the Delaware Commission on Italian Heritage and Culture, which was established by the Delaware legislature in 2005. It has nine members. Three are appointed by the Speaker of the House. Three are appointed by the President pro tempore of the Senate, and three by the Governor of the state of Delaware, one of whom is designated as the Chairman and has that distinct honor and responsibility. Uh, we have statewide jurisdiction representing all three counties of the state of Delaware, and our mission is to establish, maintain, and develop cultural ties between Italians and Italian-Americans, foster a special interest in the historical and cultural backgrounds of both groups, and economic, political, social, artistic lives of Italy and the United States, and to establish or promote Italian language uh, in the state of Delaware and in our schools. So we've, uh, we've been very, very successful uh, in this regard. We operate under the auspices of the Secretary of State's office, and each of us serves a three-year term, and we're eligible for reappointment 
uh, with the approval of the governor or the president of the Senate and or the Speaker of the House of Representatives. And Robert, how about you guys in New Jersey? Well, in New Jersey, uh, pretty much uh, similar to uh, Richard's uh, uh, state, we were um, legally uh, brought into a commission in 2002 uh, as a permanent state level commission out of the governor's office. And uh, just for numbers wise, we have 19 commissioners, uh, the top three, of course, the governor uh, and the uh, commissioner of education. And uh, there's another gentleman who's the president of unions. And the rest are, are appointed by uh, the Senate Assembly and the governor's office. Nine from the governor's office, five from the assembly, five from the, uh, the Senate. And uh, we serve two and three year uh, appointments. And uh, I think uh, my appointment's coming up <laughs> shortly. <laughs> anyway, uh, our mission is to build and strengthen the, the cultural identity of Italians, Italian-Americans through public educational programs. And we collaborate with the Department of Education in New Jersey. We have a, a curriculum committee uh, that uh, develops lessons with outside uh, uh, agencies uh, uh, that do the research and cross the T's and dot the I's and uh, make them available for the teachers in the state of New Jersey so that they can infuse them into the daily syllabus uh, on whatever topics that they're, they're discussing that week, uh, prose, architecture, medicine, and, and such. Uh, we've made the, uh, uh, the programs available through our website and also on the flash drives and giving them out. And uh, whoever would like to use them, it's free of charge. The um, response from, from the teachers in New Jersey is it's convenient for them. And uh, it does uh, open up introductions to not only the Italian culture, but all cultures. So it is a great tool for them to use. And Pat mentioned before, it's pretty unique, these statewide commissions and the appointments and the, the official structure that they have. Do you gentlemen know of any other states in the union that have commissions or capacities or offices like yourselves to engage with the Italian-American community, Italian-American affairs? Not, not to uh, jump in here before Richard, but, but Richard and I have talked about this uh, and put out some, some uh, research through different Italian-American organizations trying to answer that question. And uh, so far, we've not come up with any, anything that uh, is substantial in any state. And through the uh, uh, Conference of Presidents in New York, through Basil Russo's group, we sent out a letter to every superintendent uh, in the boards of education in all 50 states, making them aware of our curriculum. And we have been getting a great response and in doing so, talking to different people uh, throughout the country. We have not come across any uh, that has uh, anything similar to what Rich and I have, luckily, uh, in, in our states. As we were talking about before in the introduction, you know, you assume New Jersey's Italian heritage, it's uh, obviously permeates so much. It's, it's something that people hear about and learn about. I think Delaware goes under the radar. Rick, tell us. A little bit about the community in Delaware and also why this commission was established all those years ago and what was the need, what was the situation uh, when it arose? Well, we have a great Italian uh, culture in our state going back to the founding of our state because Caesar Rodney, who rode from Dover, Delaware to Philadelphia to cast Delaware's deciding vote for uh, the Declaration of Independence, was Italian-American. He was Cesare Rodney and his family was from Rome. Uh, so we, we had a strong interest in Italian uh, American culture in our state uh, since several of our members of the General Assembly were of Italian American descent, including myself. I served 10 years in the State House of Representatives from 1992 through 2002. 
And we have about 10% of our population of Italian descent. Uh, our state has about a million residents and uh, we anticipate if uh, we look at the next census, we're gonna see approximately 100,000 people of Italian descent. We have one of the largest Italian festivals uh, in the country at St. Anthony of Padua every June. And, and this year uh, will be beginning on June 11th. And we have two great sister city organizations, uh, one in Wilmington with uh, Olevano Soltusiano, where many of our families in Wilmington are from, and one in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, with Greve in Chianti, which is near Florence, where the great explorer Giovanni da Verrazzano was born and raised, and he was the first European navigator to navigate the coast of Delaware. And of course, he went all the way up to uh, New York State. There's a great bridge there, the Verrazzano Narrows Bridge. But he first came past Delaware, and uh, we don't know if he landed here, but we know he landed in Ocean City, Maryland, or thereabout, and uh, called Delaware Arcadia in his ship's logs, which translated roughly to the Garden of Eden. He thought it was so beautiful. Wow. So we, we have some historical perspective. So we erected a monument to Verrazano uh, in Rehoboth Beach, and we invite everybody to come and see it uh, right on Olive Avenue, uh, where we had a delegation from Grave come and help us dedicate it uh, some years ago. We also have the Garden of the Navigators, uh, honoring Americo Vespucci and, uh, and Verrazano uh, right in, in Rehoboth Beach. What distinguishes, because it's so, uh, coming from New Jersey um, and knowing the commission here from its earliest days and, and spending so much time in Delaware, when I got out of law school, I was fortunate to be at the launch of both of your organizations. And um, I had dear friends who were the, were the first chairman of each. But to our listeners out there, what makes you different because you are affiliated with the state? What can you do or what do you do that other organizations can't? Well, in, in Delaware, uh, at least, we have the imprimatur of the, of the Delaware state government. So when we, we visit Italy, uh, we're visiting uh, with the full uh, strength and full faith and credit of, of our legislature and our governor's office and our secretary of state's office. And in that regard, we're able to bring delegations from Italy to Delaware uh, and have some pretty interesting and profound uh, visits. A, a few years ago, we were able to have one of our museums host uh, 120 pieces of art that was stolen from uh, Italy uh, and recovered. Do you know who was intimately involved in that? I sure do. Yours truly. Guardia di Finanza. Yep. Guardia di Finanza helped get it here safely and we displayed it in Delaware. It was the first time it was ever available to be seen by the public. We're talking about mosaics, statues, jewelry, frescoes, ceramics, and if anybody's seen the movie Monuments Men with which George Clooney, you know what, what this group did to recover this stolen art that was stolen by the Nazis from Italy. And we had it right here in Delaware. Your great statesman, Joe DePinto, was so critical to make that happen. That was an absolute, with Guardia di Finanza, for those of you who are out there, Guardia di Finanza, um, they no longer do it, but they used to track stolen works of art. 
And Italy, unfortunately, is rife with stolen art, art being stolen, rather, because it's a country just absolutely packed with, with valuable art. You know, every church you walk into, there's a masterpiece there. And um, Guardi di Finanza uh, came to Delaware and had a show. And they're like the Italian FBI, and they brought out all their stolen works of art, and they intermixed them with fakes. And they had, it was a really interactive museum experience, especially for school children, to learn about art in the sense of almost acting like a detective, you know, um, for the story of stolen art and picking out what's the real art, what's the fake art, you know, the FBI, the Italian FBI kind of aspect of it. And by playing the game, the kids got to learn about the art. Now, unfortunately, because the Italian government is the Italian government, Guardi di Finanza no longer handles um, stolen art. It's now handled by Carabinieri. But had Guardi di Finanza continued as basically the Italian FBI of stolen art, we would because our idea was to have that annually in Delaware for 20 years and to go to different periods. The period we had, if I'm right, the period was the Roman period that we had had there. Right. Was ancient Roman, uh, ancient Roman art. But, you know, Italy, every every epic in history is, you know, in, in art history, Italy was at the lead. So the idea was that we were going to have, you know, every year there would be a different time, a period in art that that the kids would be able to learn about. But that's what really impressed me was when you have a state agency like the Delaware Commission and you're recognized by the state, it's easy to work with the state because it's a hand-in-hand collaboration. But also what was really impressive of, of the entire project was the state of Delaware, like the state of New Jersey, recognized Italian Americans as a distinct ethnic group that contributed to the overall culture of the state. And I think that's monumental. You know, these commissions have done so much. You know, New Jersey did so much with the curriculum. You know, uh, Gilda worked on that, the late Larry Paragano, uh, Sal Davino, Titans, and dear friends um, brought together the curriculum. And the idea behind the curriculum was to teach in schools in New Jersey positive aspects about Italian culture as it interplayed with civilization studies, I would say, in general, but in all studies. And I think part of New Jersey's I'll move for that was that, you know, Italians in New Jersey at the time when the, when the commission was inaugurated were portrayed by the Sopranos. And for better or for worse or how much fun that show could have been, it led Italian-American kids to kind of think that this was their patrimony. And the commission did a phenomenal job with the curriculum. Do you want to talk about the curriculum, Bob, a little bit? No, no. <laughs> Pat, I'm going to hire you to be one of our spokesperson or maybe make you or ask the governor to make you one of our commissioners. <laughs> they never put me on the commission, Bob. Not that I'm asking. <laughs> I was never on. I had all my friends were there, but they never invited me to come and play. <laughs> so I'd like to underscore er- everything that Richard was saying uh, for, for the state of Delaware. And we in New Jersey uh, have, have similarities. But let's talk about the curriculum a little bit. Uh, we had about 40 lessons uh, uh, created Um uh, and it's all geared towards having the student um, uh, do fact-based research and develop critical thinking. So when they read something, they can ask themselves, is this really true or should I research it further? Uh, to that extent, uh, we took those 40 lessons and we are converting them now to PowerPoint and videos to make them more interesting and, and, and capture that short attention span. Uh, the, the latest uh, being Italians in a Holocaust. Uh, which we collaborated with the Holocaust Commission in, in New Jersey. And uh, that will be uh, available probably by the end of the week. 
It's a five-part lesson with videos and PowerPoint presentations, interviewing uh, uh, some survivors and also uh, uh, people from the Holocaust Commission. Uh, that is our latest. But prior to that was the Italian's dream. Now, when we mentioned Columbus, in different circles, uh, it's, it starts a, a dialogue that goes down a path that takes away from what we're trying to do here, create critical thinking. So we started with the Venetian spice trade and what led to uh, circumventing uh, the, the monopoly that the uh, Byzantine and Venetians had. So it leads to, of course, Columbus, uh, his, his discoveries uh, in the Americas and, and continues on how the Hispanic peoples, they were created because of, of uh, his trips. And then it goes on to nowadays uh, immigration. Those are, in, uh, are ready to be infused in, in the lessons that are being taught in the schools. And that's where our highlight, that's where our real fort is, where you can go to these lessons uh, and, and not just uh, uh, present day or past, you know, Renaissance and such. Uh, we have, we have uh, current events uh, on there also where the teacher can go in and uh, uh, use this information. You know, on, on our card, and you know, uh, back of my business card, it says the commission raises the awareness of the rich and varied culture, the positive achievements, just total contrast to that soprano uh, uh, atmosphere that's created by Hollywood. Uh, and we strive to, to uh, make people aware of the traditions of Italy, the Italian people, Italian Americans, as they have contributed to American, Western and world civilization. That's what you'll find in our lessons. The uniqueness of uh, New Jersey is that we have an office at the Board of Education. We have an office at, at uh, Rutgers University in New Brunswick. Uh, so the resources are there. And as Rich said, when, when uh, we are uh, visiting uh, dignitaries and such in Italy and whatever, we go with the, the same credentials uh, so that we represent the state. And uh, the, the governor's committee, it is the governor's commission, uh, is... Um, uh, interested in providing more uh, cultural experiences in, in the Department of Education, uh, not just for Italians, but, but across the board. And we help them do that. So in terms of the actual kind of logistics behind something like this curriculum, right, you guys come out with 40 lessons. They get disseminated through the school system in New Jersey. Teachers sort of have them as part of their a la carte that they can choose from, or is there a point in the educational experience of a New Jersey student where they have to encounter Italian-American history? Well, that's a good question, John. And uh, let me, let me uh, uh, put it in this context. It is recommended that they use these lessons. It is not mandatory. There are other uh, cultures that have uh, lessons that are mandatory in the New Jersey school system. Uh, but ours is recommended, and it's hard uh, to talk about European history or immigration without going to our lessons. Uh, so for, to, to answer your question, it's not mandated, but it is essential and easier for the uh, teachers to pick and choose the, uh, the content in the lesson plans. And so, you, you know, you, you feel pretty confident that uh, a good portion of the teachers in the state are utilizing at least some of these 40 lessons. Um, so there's a good chance that the most kids going through the public school system in New Jersey are encountering this. Yeah, the most recent example I'll give you, John, is uh, everybody wants to see the school calendar and what vacation days are being taken. And of course, when they scratch Columbus, uh, there are a few organizations in New Jersey that uh, bring to the attention of that particular uh, school board how uh, it is essential to keep it. Uh, recently that happened and uh, we went down and gave testimony and uh, the board 
has said, well, listen, we're going to use the uh, New Jersey Italian Heritage Commission's lessons uh, to offset and teach uh, the students about Columbus and immigration uh, through those lessons. Now, that was unsolicited by us. That was a, a voluntary thing for someone who was taking a stance against Columbus Day. So they are using them. And I know that they've been made available to other states. Uh, have you guys had any response? Because, you know, like, like Pat says, when you come with the imprimatur of the state government, obviously it's a lot easier than, you know, some sort of random nonprofit that's coming together or educational nonprofit. Have you seen other states that have responded? Yes. About a year and a half or so ago, uh, Chicago reached out uh, to us, uh, Ron Arnesti's group uh, from Casa Italia, and wanted to know about the lessons. And I worked with a woman, Diane Hartman, and uh, gave her the lessons. And man, they went one step further. They said, well, give us the legislation that they used in New Jersey. And uh, it is pending, and, and they're legislated to, to have some kind of commission. But those lessons are being filtered into the, the, to the schools in Chicago. Uh, LA, through the LA Museum, uh, they are making our lessons known there. There was some interest uh, of getting them. And uh, most recently in Louisiana, they wanted to know about uh, how to create the commission, how did we do it, and to use the, the lessons and infuse them into their public school system. So we are, we are getting some play, and Boston also has reached out. Uh, and Richard and I were on a, on a trip to Rome, uh, and there were 22 uh, representatives from organizations that represent all Italian Americans in, in America. And uh, they heard about the lessons, and, and they are um, trying to uh, develop the interest in their own states. Yeah. Robert and I had a wonderful opportunity to have a, a private audience with the Pope and a, a highlight of my life, obviously. And uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about what do I say when I, when I get up to His Holiness. And, and I thought about it and thought about it, prayed about it. And I thought the most important thing I could do when I get there is ask uh, His Holiness to pray for us pray for the people of the state of Delaware, especially with everything that we've been going through through the past three or four years. And uh, I waited in the line. And, and as soon as I got there, I was about to say, please pray for us. And he looked up at me and the Pope said, would you please pray for me? He took the words right out of my mouth and he asked me to have our people pray for him. Yeah. So it, it was it was an enlightening experience uh, of just his humanity. I thought you were going to tell me he wanted a Nicoboli from Nick Caggiano's Pizzeria. <laughs> oh, I love I love the Delaware reference because I was just with Nick this weekend. You should have brought him Nicobolis. What's that? We, te we tease Nick all the time that Ver when Verrazano landed uh, 500 years ago in 1524, the first thing he did was ask for a Nicoboli. <laughs> what, is, what is a Nicoboli? I've never had this. John, it's like the Italian. Well, Jersey has an Italian hot dog and Delaware's got a Nicoboli. Nicola Pizza in, in Rehoboth Beach, which has been there 50 years, uh, started a pizzeria and the lifeguards, when they were in training, needed a uh, low fat, high protein meal to to stay tough and buff and in shape. And Nick Caggiano uh, rolled out a piece of pizza dough and he, he filled it with meat after he drained the fat off, packed it with onions and mushrooms and peppers and some cheese and folded it up and baked it in the oven. And he would give it to the lifeguards for 15 cents. Wow. And the Nicoboli, how many millions of Nicobolis he has sold, uh, Nick can't estimate, but he still gives a 15% discount to any lifeguards because that's how he started the uh, invention of the Nicoboli. And uh, 
it's the it's the greatest thing you ever want to uh, ever want to try. I deserve real Delaware street cred that I knew that. <laughs> you do. I mean, you got to give me credit on that one. That's that's an inside Delaware kind of knowledge. The only thing I warn you about is do not ever call it a Stromboli, <laughs> especially in front of Nick. We should have a separate Delaware episode. John, we should do an episode of state commissions and their representative Italian-American foods. Yeah, we should go down there. Well, we would love to have Stephanie and John, Patrick and, and Bob. If you come to Delaware, I will take you to Nicola Pizza and the Nicobolis are on me. Thank you very much. We need to promote more state commissions in more states. You're not kidding. Pennsylvania had one, didn't they, for a while? I Where's know that Ste I was Where's Stephanie? to come and speak to Pennsylvania uh, uh, through their Unico group. And I, as did Robert. Uh, was he was just talking about with some other states, I presented them with a copy of our legislation establishing our Italian commission uh, and encouraging them to do the same. And, and I don't know where, where that stands legislatively, but I, I did make the, um, the effort to drive there. Uh, as, as a side note, Stephanie and I grew up in the same area. I grew up in a little town called Hazleton, Pennsylvania, before coming to Delaware for law school oh. 40 years ago. So um, Stephanie and I have something in common. Pat, why does Hazelton remind me of you? That's the motor, the other, um, the twin Marona Ramon. Oh, that's right. The Southern Chilantana people were there. That's like our sister feast. You had our former congressman on as a guest some time ago, Congressman Barletta. Yes, we have. Yeah. Who, who, whose family and my family were very good friends when we were kids. And Lou and I went to the same college, went to Bloomsburg University. You know, I have so, we have so many listeners around the country that want to do something. For our listeners out there who want to do something for Italian America and the far-flung parts of the country, you should contact the New Jersey Commission and the Delaware Commission and contact your local politicians and tell them you want your own state commission. Yeah, that's a great point. There should be a Wisconsin commission and a Rhode Island commission and a Massachusetts commission. There should be multiple commissions. We got to move forward, not behind. The whole world is falling apart, but we're not. And the reason what sparked... I always wanted to have these two dear friends on, but um, Richard's daughter was at the Italian Future Leaders meeting that we had in Florida, the Italian American Jamboree. And Robert was actually there. And I know that you guys, I, I'm sure, feel the same way that I do, that there is a very strong leadership coming up behind us and that we got to build the highways for their cars to travel on. The future is theirs and we're going to help them make it. And I think that, you know, the fact that to the two state commissions were both involved in the Future Leaders Conference shows the value of these commissions and the value of what the Future Leaders Conference was. And I think that we're expanding the Future Leaders Conference next year. And I think also we need to expand these state commissions because they're a positive for the whole state, because Italian culture and Italian art and Italian music and Italian food is the basis of not Western civilization, of all civilization. Where would the world be without us? And everywhere we went, we added. We were the positive. We brought everybody to a better place. And I think that these state commissions help to make the rest of the population of the state realize all the positive things that Italian Americans did and do for the, where they live. And not just the fact that there's movies where their people are shooting each other up and uh, calling people Don and Godfather and everything else. So that's why we got it. This the state commission ball got to keep rolling. March is all about the women on Mediaset Italia. 
Spend International Women's Day on March 8th and all of Women's History Month with your favorite ladies from Italy. Friday nights belong to Michelle Impossibile and friends. Enjoy music, laughter, and fun with Michelle Hunziker and her lifelong friends. Monday through Friday, get your daily dose of Barbara D'Urso on her talk show, Pomeriggio Cinque. And on Sunday afternoons, don't miss the latest in celebrity news and pop culture on Verissimo with Silvia Tofanin. Plus, Buongiorno Mama, Series 2 on Saturday nights, starring Maria Chiara Gianetta and Raul Bova. It's all on Mediaset Italian March, plus so much more. Check with your local television provider and ask about the channel today. You make a really good point. There's a lot of people out there who serve in state government or in local government or have their eyes on you know uh, careers in public service. And I've encountered so many interesting uh, public servants uh, at, at all different levels between you know working with the Italian American congressional delegation in D.C. to those who sit on city councils and you know it's sometimes um because that work in government can be so consuming really all consuming and time consuming thought consuming uh you're campaigning constantly it's oftentimes hard to look up and look out on a national scale even if you're passionately italian american and see examples like this that are succeeding in different states so i would highly encourage anybody out there in the audience who is a public servant in this kind of work or has designs on it or knows friends or family who are to think about the idea of looking at these examples in new jersey and delaware and and bringing them back to your state because as robert pointed out you know they can share the actual legislation that that commission these commissions they can share best practices they can share their experiences and uh it makes it a lot easier when you see success stories and 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 again to your point pat that's kind of part of what the iafl was about and you know robert was there as an observer and we got to spend a little bit of time together over the weekend but i would love to hear robert your reaction to what you saw there and, and kind of what it means what you took home to the new jersey commission from this uh young leaders conference john thank thank you for the opportunity first of all you know being on your your podcast it, it's like the sincerity is there it's like sitting around the table with family uh and and, and the truths that are, that are going back and forth and and delving into the different issues as richard was pointing out uh, and, and to come to some solution. But I do have something to say about the conference here. Is I have participated over the years, uh, local, national level, in engaging our uh, Tang associates and organizations, encouraging them to enlist younger friends and relatives in joining our organizations, and then mentoring them for leadership roles. Uh, our commission ha- has presented uh, history, culture, and every learning venue possible. Uh, but the most promising venture that I have ever encountered and participated in is uh, what has occurred recently at the Italian American uh, Future Leaders Conference, John. And, and I've observed something I thought to be nearly impossible. Uh, the gathering of over uh, 100 Italian, uh, young Italian American professionals, all walks of life from all over the country. And, and, and what really impressed me is they exhibited a level of like vitality, optimism, teaming up to uh, address the issues. And, and the whiteboarding that you had them do uh, was, uh, uh, it was just to celebrate and perpetuate our legacy. So, and, 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 and just one final statement on that is my applause and appreciation to you, John Viola, and, and to Pat and, and staff uh, uh, for putting in motion Great effort and expense, I might add, uh, uh, what I believe to be uh, the solution that we've been seeking and uh, preserving our uh, Italian-American heritage. And 
I've been on the commission since 2012. I can't tell you all of the engagements and events that we participated in. This was the highlight as far as, far as uh, engagement in our youth. And I thank you, John. That means a great deal to us. And that, and that was, I'm glad that somebody could be there as an outside observer to kind of have an impartial look because we were so deep into it uh, and so, you know, kind of moved by the result that I think sometimes we, we may even have a hint of rose-colored spectacles, but uh, it's nice to have somebody who could see it from the outside. And Rick, your daughter was a nominated participant. I, I'm not asking you to speak for her, but what was the reaction that you got when she came home? Well, let me start by saying this. Um, President Biden is from Delaware, as you know, and I, I happen to be very good friends with his son, Bo, who passed from brain cancer a few years back. And when I was at the viewing, President Biden uh, shook my hand and said something that I think is appropriate. He said, you do something good for me, I always remember it. You do something good for my child, and I never forget it. Mm. And you all did something good for my child, and I'll never forget it. What you did for those 100 kids down there was something that was so monumental. There are very few things that any of us could say that we did in our lifetime that will perpetuate through many, many years and, and ages and ages. And it transcends the ages. What Stephanie and John, Patrick, Robert, and everybody else who went down there did. Because we've been hearing for so many years how kids aren't involved, how young people are not involved, how we have a graying society of Italian-American leaders, how our Italian-American groups are dwindling down. And I was at a meeting of the Conference of Presidents a few years back, and I was sitting in a room in a circle of uh, uh, seats with the speaker in the middle, and a young man spoke up and said, what we really need to do is get the youth involved. We need to have a youth conference, and we need to bring more young people in, in, into the fray. And that was Mr. O'Boyle. And I listened with great interest to it, and I did not think it would ever happen, frankly. And I'm embarrassed to say I did not. I didn't think it was going to happen either. But it happened. And I can it happened. That was a miracle. That was a miracle. It was a Lord's quality miracle that we were able to pull this off. So my daughter was nominated by the uh, Delaware uh, Commission on Italian Heritage and Culture. Of course, I recused myself from, from that. Uh, but her name is Aria Di Liberto, and she's an elementary school teacher in the Bronx. She has a bachelor's degree from the University of Delaware, a master's degree from Relay College of Education in Manhattan. And uh, when I told her about this, she was nominated by our commission and also by UNICO, she, she was a little intimidated. Uh, about going. And when she got back, she told me, I, I met Robert DiBiase. And uh, I met John Viola. I met Patrick O'Boyle. And Bob was texting me photographs of he and, and Aria. And so many of our uh, Italian-American leaders, I mean, Basil Russo and, and others, um, just were so welcoming to these young people. And it wasn't not intimidating for them. Uh, she learned a lot. She listened a lot. But she had a great, uh, a great time. She had a lot of fun, and, and she learned more about our heritage, about my, my grandfather, her great-grandfather in Sicily, and Agrigento, and where they came from, and the uh, intense uh, odds against them ever succeeding in America. It's a truly amazing American miracle that any of us are sitting where we're sitting and doing this podcast, because... Um, the chances of my grandfather getting on a boat from Sicily and landing in Ellis Island and having a place to stay that first night or getting uh, 
a, a job or having a, a meal that first night, the odds were astronomical against that. And the, the fact that uh, I'm a lawyer, my two of my daughters are lawyers, Ari is a school teacher, uh, and we're um, able to be participating in our, our government in a representative fashion, the odds were completely against it. They were slim and none. So we should celebrate that. And each of the successes that you and your families have done, I know how proud your families are of all of you. I've worked with all of you. And um, this is something that, that we should not be bashful about celebrating and trumpeting. The call to action is we got to move forward, not back. Yeah. And we have to expand all these things. And I think that if you get to see what these state commissions have done, not, if nothing else, just to put down a banner to say we're here, we're, we're, we're going to... Um, we're a subsisting ethnic identity. We're not going anywhere. And I think that it's going to grow stronger because intermarriage holds Sal off the boat. That's my new, that's that Sal off the boat is coming on the podcast. I don't know if you know, John. No. I spoke to him last night. Oh, good. And Sal off the boat is, uh, you got to follow Sal off the boat. He's on Instagram. And he has, uh, and Sal is off the boat. He's off the boat from Gazerta. And, he, and he's a young, I guess now Italian-American because he's living here long enough. And he says Italian genes are bully genes. <laughs> now, when you have an intermarriage, the Italian genes beat up the other genes and the Italian genes beat <laughs> over. That's so, probably true. So as the Italian, you know, everyone, the day will come where almost everyone in some of these states will have a little bit of Italian, just like Brazil and Argentina does. So this is going to be, this is an ongoing part of our mosaic. We're not disappearing. And if you're out there, you're retired, you're bored, you're looking for something to do, get together with the other Italian-Americans around you, talk to your politicians and say, we want a state commission, just like New Jersey, just like Delaware, and those states will go to bat for you to help you have it. Um, you know, one thing that we've learned when you're in Italian-America, California, Colorado, the one thing we've learned is there's so many Italians around the country, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, get together and, and make those state commissions happen because you guys even are, are in the budgets of your respective states. Am I correct? Correct. Well, we are not a line item, but we are funded through the Department of State uh, upon request of certain projects. I don't care if it was a dollar. To me, it's all about the principle. Principle. Yeah, you're right. I don't care if they gave us the quarter. We, we deserve our piece of the pie. A lot of other groups are represented and that's wonderful, but we can't be forgotten anymore. We deserve, we deserve our place at the table at a principle of nothing else. You make a, an interesting point too. Like uh, we're talking about the, the commissions, we're talking with the commissioners, the chairs, but you know, we're also obviously some connection to the IFL, which we have the um, opportunity to sort of shepherd and guide. And, you know, obviously we came up with the topics that we came up with this year because it was new and we were sort of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. But I think maybe next year, IAFL 24, perhaps we should work, and, and obviously we'd have to start now, on a, a seminar or on a keynote or some, something, some kind of workshop around how these young leaders can start to seed these commissions in their state. And maybe we could bring the two gentlemen down. Even Conference of Presidents. we got to yeah. get behind this. Everybody's got to get behind this. Yeah, we can't just sit there and complain because we all love you know, this. You know, we're we're a doom and gloom culture. It's over. It's finished. It's done. Tutta finut. You know, we got it. We got to fight back. And I I've been very inspired lately because um, even though the fire might have gone out in some places, there's embers all over. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I I think that it would be great to let the future leaders get to 
hear about these commissions and you know i i think sometimes i think it's the person who the the energy that i got from that room was one that i think you and i have had pat over the course of our time as professional italian americans like when you sit when you're the young person and you're sort of relegated to the back of the room you get all this pent-up energy and you want to do something and and oftentimes it gets frustrated by the inability to break into the decision making so i bet you there's a lot of pent-up energy that could be unleashed on the design to get these state commissions up in other states, and it would probably be a great venue for the conversation. Let, let me say this. The most important thing, the most important weapon in our arsenal is education. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. I had a student, an Italian-American student in one of my classes, and after class we came into some conversation, and she told me that her grandfather was an immigrant from Italy. Her grandfather was very much alive. She saw him all the time. And I said, from where? She goes, I have no idea. Wow. And I said to her, if you want to pass this class as a business ethics class, you better tell me where grandpa's from by next week or you're getting an F in here. She started laughing. She came back and she told me. And I would grill her every after class. What have you learned from your grandfather? Did you ask him what it was like growing up? She had absolutely no interest. Wow. And she said to me, though I think she did after I prodded her, but what she said to me, which was a big eye opener, was, why are you so like pro-Italian? What did Italy ever do for the world? Wow. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why she said that, because our schools today are all about technology, math and science. We do nothing with civilization and the arts and history and geography. And, and she is a victim of that because had she had a well-balanced education, she would have known the tremendous impact that Italy had done to world culture. Besides the value of the fact of learning where her own family was from, she would have had a much deeper pride in being Italian-American. And that's why if you take New Jersey with the curriculum or Delaware with the stolen art show, both which involve schools, we need to have these state commissions because we need to influence education. And education has to show, not overly so, at the fair proportion of its teaching, what Italians and Italian-Americans have done for American civilization, for world civilization. And when the kids are, educated, then we have nothing to worry about. But when you have a student come to you who's in a college level say, well, what did Italy ever do for the world? That shows that the the gaping hole in American education. And these commissions, because they are state um, entities, have the power to work with the State Department of Education to give us our rightful place at the educational table. And that's why we got to get behind this. A lot of other groups and a lot of ethnic lobbies in this country have already done that. Yeah. And um, we're remiss if we don't jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, you're right about that. That's very true. It's like Robert said, you know, certain ethnic groups are required in the curriculum. And, you know, we're we're, uh, recommended. And obviously we have methods that it it certainly gets used. But we have to learn from other groups. We have to learn from the right examples. And, you know, that's important. And if I'm correct, and um, you can correct me, Bob, if I'm incorrect with this, but New Jersey worked with the Jewish community in New Jersey to educate people in New Jersey, Italian-American, to educate students in New Jersey about how Italy had worked during the Holocaust to save Jews from the Nazis. You know, um, Italy, Italy has so many really impressive stories of going above and beyond to save people from the Holocaust. Am I correct with that? Didn't, didn't the State Commission work with the Jewish community on that? Wasn't that one of Gilda's projects? I have to uh, applaud you for bringing that up. Uh, it is one of our latest lessons, um, uh, one I've mentioned before about Italians and the Holocaust. And you brought Gilda's name up, and uh, Gilda Rodo Boldozeri, 
Cavalieri is uh, the chair of our curriculum committee. And she uh, was working with the Jewish community, still is, in, in doing these, these uh, projects. Uh, but what you're saying about the, the Italians in Italy, they saved over 80,000 Jewish people. And uh, uh, it is the largest uh, country in Europe uh, to preserve uh, the Jewish legacy and, and save them from the Nazis because Italians are Italians. They, and you could put a law in front of them and say, we want you to do this uh, in 1938 when they passed those laws, the fascists passed those laws. Most Italians shrugged their shoulders and said, we're not doing that. These are my neighbors. And they hid them in the convents and in the seminaries and the church was involved. And this is what is in the lessons that, that we uh, just finished. Uh, but if, if I may, njtangheritage.org, you can find these lessons. Uh, you can read about Jilda and the, uh, uh, the curriculum uh, uh, committee and what she has been doing. And uh, you were right. Uh, and I have to piggyback on what you were saying, Pat, is uh, advisory committees. It's not going to get it throughout the state. You need legislative commissions uh, to partner with the state. And the state's willing to do this. We're, we're doing them uh, a service, if you will. Uh, so they welcome this. But you need a voice in the legislation, uh, in the legislature. As uh, Rick will tell you, serving in the legislature, you have to have a voice there. And Italian.Delaware.gov is our website. And, and you can see that we've established a Italian language camp every summer uh, for four-year-olds and up to no age limit. And uh, it's named after a very great uh, educator in our state, who I know Patrick knew, Justine Matalino Clark. We've actually yes, named it Justine. after because Justine she was a wonderful passed away. person. Yeah, and that's now Piazza di Justina. Uh, and uh, it's it's in the, it's in July, and people come in and learn how to speak Italian. They learn about the culture of Italian. They learn about where their families were from. Because I can't say it as eloquently as Patrick just said it, but. I can tell you one of the most defining moments in my life was was last May and the week before Robert and I had business meetings in Rome, I, I went to Sicily and, and I didn't go there to see Greek ruins, the temples. I did not go there to eat the food. I did not go there to go to the Spanish steps in Rome. I didn't go there to go to the Colosseum. I went there to sit on the stoop of Augustino di Liberto. My grandfather was born there in 1887 and I got a, uh, a guide and I found the house and I found the stoop and I sat there and I touched the door uh, where he was a little boy and where he left and came to America in the turn of the century and never came back. And one of the greatest regrets in my life is when I was a young boy and a high school student, he said, I really would like to go back to Italy. I'd like to go back to Sicily. I never went back. I never saw my parents again. I never saw my brothers or sisters again. And of course, I I had a lot going on. I was a student. I was getting ready for college and uh, he died and we never went. So uh, it was a defining moment in my life to go back and sit on that stoop last May and, and actually put my hand on the door and touch the door. And it, and it was an experience that I'll never forget. And, and I can tell you that what, what Patrick said earlier um, touched me and touched my heart very, very deeply because uh, their, their heritage runs through our blood, runs through our veins. And to honor them uh, with what we're doing today, I think would make them smile. Oh, I think absolutely right. Yeah, I've been able to have those experiences with my my maternal grandparents, taking them back for the first time, uh, both of them. And uh, I can tell you, it is really something that 
fills the circle in and, and, and reattaches you. And uh, I've been privy to many, many colleagues and friends who have gone to their ancestral home for the first time. Sometimes I've even been able to join them. And it's uh, it's an unparalleled experience, and it does make clear, I think, why we do what we do. And, and uh, for all of us at the podcast, and you know, Pat and I in particular have been doing this stuff for a long time, We've obviously run into both of you over many, many years now. Uh, we're great admirers of you, not just personally, but of the work that you do and the example that you set uh, of leadership for the whole community, not just in your respective states. So first and foremost, I want to say thank you guys for coming on to the podcast today. You're welcome back anytime. You've got uh, news to share. And for those of you out there in the audience, you know, if you live in Delaware or New Jersey, these are two gentlemen worth uh, contacting, worth knowing, and, and uh, if you want to participate and lend your time and talents. But also if you live outside of those states, you know, here's some great examples. You're hearing it right here. If you have kids that you'd like to see at an Italian language and culture camp, it's there in Delaware. If you're an educator or you have kids being educated and you want to see Italian-American culture and history imbued in the curriculum, here it is in New Jersey. So these are resources that are obviously designed for the states where these commissions are, but the people behind it are more than happy to see it spread to wherever you live. So make sure you check out our show page. You can see the websites. We're going to link uh, the two commission websites uh, that these gentlemen mentioned earlier. And, you know, come out and be active. And if you you know, we talked a lot about the Future Leaders Conference. If you are in the 21 to 35-year-old age range or you know somebody who is and you want to come participate next year as an applicant, uh, iafuture.org, give it a shot. You can sign up to get more information as the application opens for 2024. And uh, my sincere hope is that we can have a, a conference on just this when we get together next year, the idea of how we seed and how we create and how we support these kind of commissions in the state. So, guys, thank you very much again for coming on. Thank you, John. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us, and thanks for everything you do. And same to you, and hope everybody out there follows our lead, checks out the site, send your kids to camp, get the curriculums in the school, and come back next week for another episode of the Italian American Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. If you want your life to be great, see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born an Italiano.